every time I see a team come through in Australia, a good team, I just think, guys, go to the World Cup, have a crack. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Down Under Paintball. This is episode 16, and this week we are sitting down with the legend in Australian paintball, Neil Martin. For those of you that don't know him, Neil's one of the only Aussies I know that's won a World Cup in America. We dive deep into that story today, and Neil basically interviews himself. This is probably one of the easiest interviews I've ever done. We talked about what we wanted to talk about before the show, and Neil just hit it. He basically interviewed himself. It was so easy, and uh, yeah, it's a really interesting story. I, I really enjoy Neil's outlook on how he views Australian paintball, and I, I think you guys really should um, have a lot to take away from this episode, because I definitely did. Yeah, something that Neil wanted to put the rumors to bed, because uh, yeah, even the, the version of the story I'd heard before this show was completely different to what uh, to what Neil told, so there's a lot of rumors out there about, um, yeah, about Neil and his World Cup win. So thanks once again for joining me, and we're going to jump right into this episode of Down Under Paintball. I just, to be honest, I, I cringe when people ask me about it, so I'm okay. just, I, I'm just, I used to love it, no doubt, yeah, but it's just, it's 26 years ago, you know, everyone move on. Yeah. <laughs> people still ask me, and I don't get it, but um, yeah, and, and, and uh, you know, I just wish more Australian teams had gone to play the World Cup and, and succeeded. Okay, I need to find paintball again. If that's the kind of commitment you're going to give, then that's the kind of commitment I want. So I'm sticking. You're listening to Down Under Paintball. I mean, everybody on that team was a veteran. Everybody. This is Will McDonald, and you're listening to Down Under Paintball. It does make it a more interesting sport for the masses. They are doing it better than anyone else, to be honest. Yeah, show, show other women that might be interested in playing that, hey, you know, you can go out there and you can be successful in this sport. It's best. I've got the best seat in the house with some of the best paintball in Australia. And you're listening to Down Under Paintball. I don't, I don't enter into the politics. I'm not interested. I'm just trying to, you know, grow the sport, get more people playing paintball. Here today, joined by Neil Martin. Welcome to the show, mate. <laughs> Thanks, God. He's right having a glass of water. How are you, <laughs> oh, you don't have to lie to me. I, I know it's probably not water. <laughs> <laughs> fair call, fair call. <laughs> yeah, how, how's everything going with this? Um, we're, we're slowly returning to normal life. How's everything going with COVID? Yeah, um, for me personally, I, I'm, I'm lucky. I work for a company that's um, supported all of its employees. Um, no, no biggie for me because I, um, I've worked from home for the last four or five years, so I, I still sit in my home office. Um, a bit different for my wife, my lovely wife. She's a, she's a nurse, so a few things have changed there. But no, it's all, all good, buddy. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, um, it's good that you, yeah, have a good company that's looking after you. So, yeah, so, good. well, uh, where are you calling in from today? Where, where's home for you? Yeah, Brisbane, Brisbane, good old Brisbane in Queensland. Nice. Yeah, good good part of the world. Good good Absolutely. paintball. Yeah, very good paintball scene. Unfortunately, Top Gun's not around anymore. That's that's a bit of a sad note. But um, yeah, no, Brisbane's a great place to live. Yeah, I never made it to Top Gun. I I almost it was one day after Sanford after a Super Sevens. We we were going to head to Top Gun just to check it out, but we never we never made it there. And then it's all gone now. So <laughs> that was my chance. It is it is so, so very sad. But um, yeah, that that field. 
we started probably 89, I think. I, I didn't go out there until 1990, but yeah, that was, that was Andrew Murphy and, and Colin Horn started that field many years ago. And that, that sort of was the origins of, of the regulators, which, which was the team I, I joined eventually. But um, yeah, really good times back then. Yeah, well, why don't we stick on that? Why don't you let us know yeah, how, how it all started for you and how you got into the game? All right, well, uh, let, let's go back 31 years or something, Scott. Um, <laughs> all right, let's see. No, I had a schoolmate, Josh, Josh Mills, and, um, and, and he was playing um, skirmish down the Gold Coast every couple of weekends at, um, at Skirmish Australia. I think it's called Skirmish Gold Coast now at Mudrabah. And, uh, and he kept saying, come on, Neil, let's, let's go play. And I said, no, I'm not going to play that. And he just kept asking me, asking me, wore me down. And uh, and uh, mid '89, I went down there for my first game, and uh, yeah, and so there we were, putting on the um, the camo overalls, um, putting on Uvex safety glasses, and uh, familiarising myself with it with a KP2, which was a pump action side loaded paintball marker, and um, off you went, and uh, we got basic rules and uh, you went out there in two teams and uh, yeah, you got hit, you put your gun up, you yelled hit, and you took 10 steps back and then you're back into it. <laughs> and uh, because the KP2s, they, they were limited on, on air. Um, you, if you ran out of air, you just took your gun up, you got the top, you aired up again and if you need more paint, you buy another 10 round tube and uh, off you go, back on the field. But yeah, got good times and, and, and I was hooked straight away. I, um, I played every weekend down the Gold Coast for about six months from there. And, uh, and I've, I've got to give kudos to um, a few people that, uh, that really got, uh, got paintball going in Australia. Victor Coote, he, um, he had the War Museum. He's the one that first brought paintball into the Gold Coast there. And, uh, and also Tim McCarthy. Um, some of you might know Tim McCarthy. I'm sure a lot of you do. And he, uh, he actually, I think he was a, I think he worked at Woolies, and and he got into paintball as well. And he, he went to Vic with a, a business plan, I believe. Um, hopefully, I'm not mis, misquoting or giving misinformation here. But um, yeah, Tim, Tim was passionate, and uh, and he started this. Well, he got the shop really rocking and rolling down there. And uh, and he was bringing in paintball gear from from the states. Uh, Tim was writing for one of the American magazines. That that was very amusing. Everyone had a bit of a laugh. It was called Captain Duckbill, and, <laughs> and something the the Adventures Down Under or something. And and there are a few recurring characters in in that, and um, loosely based on on truth. But there was Yank Down Under, who was Alex McLean, someone oh, yeah. that, that lived in America and came to Australia. There was was Taipan Joe Cantor, and, um, <laughs> and he hated that name, but um, but you know it, it, it's good storytelling, and um, and and don't get me wrong, people in Australia that got a mention in that, I got mentioned once. It was Neil and I crept forward. That that was my one mention in, <laughs> in many many um, many magazines. But um, that was a bit of a thrill. But yeah, also bit funny but um yeah I, I played down the gold coast every weekend for six months just absolutely loved it um bought my first paintball marker which was a rap a rapide splat master something like that it was a it was actually a um held 40 paintballs and it had a rotation feed so there were 10 balls in each in each um tube and you just rotated around it was a semi-automatic but you needed to be the incredible help to pull the trigger 
<laughs> and uh, and it wasn't for me, so I actually traded that in and bought a KP2, which was the old Benjamin Sheridan. And I think Mick, Mick talked about the KP1, which was the bolt action. The KP2 was the pump action version. But you still had to tilt the um, marker back um, and load the ball in, and you still didn't get too many shots. But uh, it shot straight, it shot well, and it was, it was a fine piece of machinery. And um, and then my mate Josh, he said, hey, I found this this field up at uh, Callumvale in Brisbane. It's called Ground Zero. I went out there. It's more bush. It, it's a bit of fun. You want to get out there? I said, yeah, let's do that. So I went out there, and uh, there's a gentleman called Ian Vanderstrack that ran that field. Uh, he had a caravan he'd bring out with all the markers in it and um, many acres, many fields. It was a lot of fun. Ian was very involved in playing, so it was good to have a, have a player run that field. And, uh, yeah, we, we played out there every weekend. And uh, then our, our first tournament came up, a three three-man tournament. Josh and I had no friends, so so we played just the two of us. And yeah, we okay. played as two unlimited, and we came second. So that was a bit of a thrill, our first tournament. We came second, met several other people out there, people like Brett Yowie Parsons, uh, Trevor, Trevor Parkin, who also worked at the field. Uh, Joe Cantor would, would play out there. Uh, so that was that was a bit of a thrill. Uh, Joe's um, been... Joe's, he's been around he, he's probably the most skilled player i've ever seen in australia uh, and he's a good friend of mine so i definitely have to give him a big mention to him but um yeah and and we used to go out there and then um ian started a team it was called devil's guard so we joined that um it was josh myself ian a few other people like bruce uh lance paul i don't know I'm gonna I'm gonna mention many people in this podcast, Scott, yeah, but it. Uh, I'm gonna accidentally leave a lot of people out, so I apologise all those. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we we formed Devil's Guard. We went to the South Pacific Paintball Championships down at Madraba. so that that was a bit of a thrill, a ten man. Um, I'd since upgraded my marker from a KP2 to a KP3, which was <laughs> same style, but it was gravity fed. They had a little forty round hopper on top. And uh, it was still like a cricket bat, had a wooden stock, but it had um, a CO2 bottle underneath, so a, a seven ounce. So I got plenty more shots out of that. Loved that thing. Um, that was the original Dragon Slayer, as I called my marker for a while. But that that yeah. was a beautiful piece of machinery. And um, <clears throat> we actually we went really well at that tournament. I, I can't remember where we finished, to be honest, many years ago. But um, yeah, we great team. We had a lot of fun. We was a lot of upset down there, and, um, and there are a lot of teams floating around back then. Uh, the Marauders were the team to beat in Queensland. The, the Regulators had just come on the scene. The, the Regulators were the, these guys that dressed up to the tens, had the same sunglasses, they had line side Bushmasters. You know, they were, they were the, the smart team around at the time. So. Um, Everybody hated them, but also everyone wanted to play on the team. But um, everyone yeah, hates the winners. There. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so they were, they were fun to hack on and, and try to beat. But they were a solid, good, solid team. So so that was the the South Pacifics. And um, and yeah, and after that, I I don't know how it happened, but I then ended up playing on Global Cops, which is a team that Tim McCarthy put together on the Gold Coast. And uh, Never heard of that they, team. No, <laughs> they only played one tournament, I think. But um, okay. there are other people on that team, such as Dave Hopkins from New Zealand, of all people, when he was living on the Gold Coast. So he had a, he had a PMI3 he used to rock back then. 
And um, to be honest, I, I bumped into a bunch of the shopping centre a couple of years later, but I hadn't seen him until this year, round one of the the, the sevens. So that was a big thrill for me. But uh, yeah, Dave Hopkins on the team. Yeah, he was on the team. I was on the team. We had some other interesting characters. We had a guy that created his own gas bottle out of a fire extinguisher. <laughs> um, but yeah. No, Have you played with it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. And, uh, yeah, but no, that was that was interesting. We didn't go that well, but we did. Um, pretty sure that we went well against SWAT. So that that was that was a bit of fun. That one. Um, actually, Scott, I got to I got to jump back a year to the first South Pack. There was. Yeah. We spoke about the shop where, where Tim was, and I got to say, the first morning of the tournament, there were players lined out that shop, just buying new markers because you know these were these were people, and Mick mentioned it. That, you know they they bought their first markers from the Gold Coast. There were people just lined out the door just buying new markers because they were used to rental markers and and other piece bits and pieces. So um yeah, that was that was an interesting sight to see. But also we we used, we bought our paint, it was California Magnum, and I believe it was boxes of two hundred. And wow. uh two hundred shots, that that was a big day. That and how much did that set day. you back? You know, I can't remember. It was it was no more than fifty dollars. So it was between twenty and fifty dollars. I, I really yep. can't remember. But we um we had a guy on our team and and he was <laughs> I won't name him, but he he left the tournament with more paint than what he bought. So he bought one box, but he he picked up a lot of paint. So uh, <laughs> yeah, if if you wanted a bit of support to move another barricade, he wasn't the guy to give you the cover for it. But, but yeah, and, and yeah, right. but, you know the paint paint wasn't cheap back then, even though we won't. Going through the thousands, but um, yeah. So sorry, I, I digress back to that story. I just thought I'd mention that. That was yeah. quite interesting. No, yeah, it is something that yeah I was gonna gonna ask that because you know in Brisbane it sounds like you guys were sort of where all the guns were coming in through into the country through was was through Queensland. It sounds like you yeah. guys had better laws to begin with. Yeah, and 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 again back to back to Victor Coote and Tim McCarthy. You know, big big credit to those guys. Yeah, they um they were. The, very important for the uh, establishment of paintball in Australia and taking it to the next level. Yeah, it's um, they're obviously like they're doing a bit of um, oh, what's the name for it? Uh, like just uh, putting in a good word with it, you know, with the police and stuff like that. Obviously up there. Um, or was it just something yeah. that no one was, no one really well, cared about? <laughs> well, put it. I, I, yeah, Queensland was very loose on the laws, so you, there was there was no laws really. I mean, you could still buy air rifles, and, and you'd buy 22 from Kmart back then. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, there was no issue in Queensland and, and New South Wales. Yeah, they, they had a few more issues as these came through, but um, yeah. So, so anyway, that was um, that was a second South Packs, and then uh, yeah, played a few tournaments around Brisbane. Um, people like Joe Candle, who was on the regulators then, he. Um, him and Brett Sala, they used to go to different fields. A, a lot of teams stuck to their home field, so the regulators didn't leave Top Gun. But, but Joe Cano, he was a paintball nut. Um, Brett Sala, he was just a really good guy and a good player, and, they, and they'd float around different fields. And um, and then there was a, a little tournament, was it? A little game out at the, the base of the Toowoomba Rangers, actually. I didn't even know there was a field. There were a lot of fields we played at years ago that, you really question if they were fields, and they probably weren't. <laughs> but we uh, we played down there, and um, and Joe and Brett put in good word about this this 
guy that played for Devil's Guard and then went to Global Cops. And um, yeah, I got, got asked by Colin Horn, the captain of the Regulators, if I wanted to join. And um, and yeah, that was a bit of a thrill. And um, a big thing for me, because I used to read all the American magazines that Tim was bringing in and and that, and a uh, big thing was me to play in America and, and play against my heroes that I was reading about the um, the Lords of Discipline, um, Team Navarone, all these other teams. And I, I just said to Colin, I said, you guys going to the States? And, and it wouldn't have changed my, my answer. And he said, yeah, we're going next year. I said, mate, I'm in. So um, I, I joined the regulators and I, um, I wore their sunglasses and I dressed like <laughs> them. And, and I had a line inside Bushmouth, which I, I, yeah, a lot of people liked it, but I couldn't stand it. I, was, I, missed, I missed my um, Dragon Slayer. But anyway, we, uh, we went around a few tournaments in Australia, which was great. Um, everyone's all keen to go to the States. Um, we, it wasn't cheap to go to the States. I think back then a flight was the same price of what it would cost these days. It was, it was a couple of grand. Yeah. So um, we, we, we did a bit of fun, Ray. We were actually, I'll say begging, but we were standing at traffic lights at, at intersections in Brisbane with buckets of money just saying, hey, we're this paintball team. We're going to the States. And we, <laughs> we raised money that way. Um, Colin Horn, he was, he was quite a good smart little businessman he uh, he spoke to one of the local movie theaters and lethal weapon 3 was coming out and uh he said okay we'll, we'll book that out and we'll sell the tickets and, and we did that we we each had to sell a lot of tickets and we did that and that put more money in the kit and we got to see lethal weapon 3 on the on the day of release so oh, cool. that, was, that was pretty cool but um yeah there we were we we played a south packs and as the regs, we played a tourney down in Sydney. This is while I was on the team. And then we we're going to the States. So this is exciting times. So, uh, yeah, so we, we go to the States in 92, this was. Yep. We go to All the right. States. We, we land in LA. And uh, first of all, one of us, one of our guys got pulled up at um, Carson's for having a knife in his hand baggage. So that, that wasn't a good start. Um, <laughs> the LA riots were just a few months earlier. So there was a lot of tension in the air and, and we were spending a few days in, in LA. We, we stayed at, I think we stayed at Beverly Hills at, at the Hilton or something. I think it sounds really good, but I can tell you now the brooch was not what it was like. It was a <laughs> rundown building, but yeah, we were there in LA. We're living the dream. Um, went there and, uh, and we went and did all the touristy things. We all bought a leather jacket, as, as regulators do. They do everything the same. <laughs> and, um, and uh, yeah, if you drive through some of the areas where the, the LA riots were, and then that wasn't – you don't feel too safe over there. And, um, and then next thing you know, we're off to, um, off to St. Louis, actually, to see one of our sponsors, um, Tiger Stripe, Tim Schloss and Tiger Stripe. So we, we get to St. Louis. We uh, – we have a bit of a, a training run with one of the teams there, Team Swarm, I think it was. And uh, Danny Cumming, he, um, he mentioned you, well, you mentioned that when the Green Machine came from the States to Australia, and they, Danny said that the yeah, Australians woke up to, to longballing. And I've got to tell you now, we, we got a lesson in that from Team Swarm. We, um, we couldn't even see them. So it was, it was autumn or fall in America, and we're in the Midwest. So there's leaves on the ground, you know, a couple of feet high. And we couldn't see these guys and there's just paintballs dropping from the sky and, and landing on us. And it's like, wow, what are we in for? But um, so when's it, well, sorry to cut you off. When they say long balling, like what, what sort of distance are we talking back then? Oh, mate, you're, 
you're looking about 80 meters, 70 meters, but yeah. they're, they're just shooting straight up in the sky. It's not even a, a, a yeah, it's, it's almost vertical completely and they're just dropping on us. And yeah, okay. it was, yeah, it was just completely new to us. Um, so, so yeah, we, we thought, well, okay, well, hopefully the, um, the International Masters, that's the event we're going to in Nashville, hopefully um, there's a bit more cover from above for when people are doing this longballing. And, uh, and yeah, we went to the International Masters, and, and this is our dream. We're here in the States at, at one of two of the big events, international events. There was also the World Cup uh, in Florida, but we were at the International Masters at Nashville. And, um, and we're there and um, all pumped up, and, yeah, we're, we're here from Australia. We're going to represent. We're going to show you Americans how to play paintball. Um, and we came dead last. Oh no! And it was it was a big a big wake up call, a big shock. Um, to be honest, we a few things didn't go our way. Uh, you can't blame the bad calls, but there were some really strange calls we were getting. So whether that was us from not being experienced of playing in America, uh, different different rules. Um, we'd also we'd also been very sick. Actually, we had a a bug go through the team. Um, so that didn't help us, but uh, we actually finished on negative points because yeah, okay. if you got a penalty, they took points off you. So we, we finished, yeah, stone, medals last. But, uh, yeah, that, there we go. That, that's, our, that's our trip to America to, to take out the international masters, and we've come last. And, what was uh, the was format? A, it was 10, like, man. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 10, man. Um, yep. and, and there was another Australian team over there, the – PMI Hunters from, from yeah, from uh, north of Sydney, up near Newcastle. They uh, they came second last. They they just didn't <laughs> they didn't finish on as many minus points as we did, but they still did finish in the minus. So um I have a I have a photo, I don't know where it is, but I definitely have a photo of standing on stage um, in front of hundreds of American paintball players for um, yeah, just thanking the Australians for coming over and, and coming last, pretty much. So that that's pretty true. And and I can still point out people in that crowd uh, that would go on to become very good players. Um, I can see Todd Adamson, I'm pretty sure, in one of those photos. But yeah, that was that was a bit of a thrill. Um, we we had a bit of fun. We we did have some hijinks over there, to be honest. We also had the Jacksonville Warriors staying next to us. It was it was on a big big. Um, we weren't staying at hotels. It was sort of self-contained, uh, I guess, little self-contained wall houses pretty much. So the places weren't joined to each other. There was a lot of distance between them. But we had the Jack Warriors next to us. So we, we, had a, you know, we, we had a few drinks, had a really good time with them. We, um, we ran a muck a bit on the golf buggies because you got around the golf buggies. Um, <laughs> Brett Yowie Parsons was he was a mechanic and and he and we were going so slow on these he thought you know I'll take the governor off them to, to limit the speed so we we had no speed limit on our golf buggy and uh, yeah because of all the yahooing we got chased by security but uh, it took took him about 15 minutes to catch up to us because we were going three times as fast but yeah we had we had we had a lot of good fun off off field as everyone does at paintball tournaments a lot of off field fun. Um, in a different country, running a map, you know, people wanted to talk to the Australians. So that that was, yeah, very disappointing with our result, but we were still there to have fun. So um, the, we all went up to uh, Boston, actually. Went up to Boston after that, not to play paintball, just to see a bit of the country. 
um, Alex McLean's father was up there, and so we, we met him. And then, then the team sort of split up and went our own ways over there. Had a bit of fun and went out. Um, I was 20 at the time, so I, I couldn't legally drink, but I wanted to get into a nightclub where everyone was, and uh, <laughs> finally got into a nightclub. It, it, I snuck in. I thought this is great. So it was it was about quarter to 12. I thought, all right, I've got a few hours here. I'm the Australian <laughs> in town. It was a place called Manchester, actually, in, in where's that? This New England area, anyway. And um, and yeah, I thought, yeah, here we go. I'm I'm in this nightclub, and then. Uh, then I didn't know this, but nightclubs close at midnight in that part of the world. <laughs> so yeah, I had had my 15 minutes of, of raging. Um, yeah, that that didn't quite yeah go as long as I wanted. Came outside, <laughs> I was standing on the corner with my leather jacket, which all the regulators bought, and I had had a car stop, and and they thought I was a prostitute. So this lady tried to pick me up. Um, but, so yeah, like that a was good night. <laughs> it was a very good night. I haven't told you if I went or not. Um, but yeah, and then, um, and then, yeah, the teams sort of went our ways, and I said goodbye to everyone. I said I'm going to go back to St. Louis and catch up with with Tim Schloss from Target Strike. Um, and I did that, so I, I went there, and, and Tim and Terry, they put actually no, they didn't put me up that year. They put me up the next year. But yeah, they they uh, I stayed with one of the workers there um, from his shop because he also had a, a pro shop, and. Um, yeah, stayed there. That was a bit of fun. Uh, got woken up the morning at six o'clock from the, I've forgotten his name, unfortunately, but uh, yeah, he gives me a shout. It was, it was a, a true Sioux Indian. He um, yeah had all the gear and used to get dressed up, but um, he wakes me up at six in the morning. He says, come here, Neil. I don't like my neighbours. And I said, oh, okay, what are we doing? He says, we're going to shoot my 45. So uh, <laughs> legally, of course, um, but this is middle America. And uh, yeah, so there we are at six in the morning shooting at his back fence because it wasn't a big acreage. We're just shooting in, in suburbia at his back fence. <laughs> so uh, oh, there we go. Hello, neighbour, wake up. Um, yeah, so that, that was one of the stories from then. Um, also met one of the guys from the field, Charlie Brown. And I thought that's a pretty cool nickname. I said, mate, yeah. how'd you get that name? And he said, it's my name. He <laughs> <laughs> said, okay, all right. Um, Okay, Charlie, and and uh, he was a state trooper actually, and he's um he at his place and he's got the because they get to take the cars home. He opens up the boot, pulls out a sniper rifle, and he says, "Here, point that up at that letterbox up the road." So it's like, oh, "All right," so just pointing at the state trooper, giving a, a random Australian a, a sniper rifle to point up the road, and uh, and I go, "His letterbox is that?" He goes, "Oh, it's a local drug dealer. He lives on the same street." So yeah, little little stories <laughs> like that. So traveling the world and bit of fun but um yeah interesting story I then i then um yeah went down to the, the shop that tim had and spent a few days there that was good and then um and then he also said oh neil while you're here can you go to my daughter's school my son's school actually he's got a son and a daughter he's, and i said what for he goes oh they want to meet an australian so there i was <laughs> all this token australian in in middle america and so yeah i, I went to a school and gave a lesson in australia so, yeah um, awesome yeah, and then it's like, okay, I think we better go. So I went, went to, back to LA, um, stayed at Venice Beach, did a touristy thing again, out of backpackers. And I thought, yeah, all right, I'm going to walk around this area. And I went for a walk, went down a local basketball court, and across the road, who do I see? Andrew Murphy from the Regulators. <laughs> so um, we didn't plan to catch up. We didn't know each other was there, but we bumped into each other in LA after lasting each other in Boston. So, so yeah, things things would happen. Yeah, it's a big country. Yeah. It's uh, hard to manage. Uh, you know, just randomly meeting someone the other side. Yeah. 
<laughs> absolutely. So yeah, that was, it was good to catch up with him again. But um, yeah, anyway, back to Australia um, with, our, with our tails between our legs. Uh, we all got back separately at different times. And then it's like uh, your team gets together for a training and, and I said, okay, guys, are we going back to the States? And everyone said no, and for, for many reasons. Um, to be honest, they, they were, some were disillusioned, some, um, some didn't want to play paintball anymore, uh, some didn't have the money. Um, yeah, there were different reasons for it. And I just thought, no, I want to go back. I, I don't want to have that as a lasting, you know, my lasting statement in, in America. So, um, so yeah, 93 came by. I still couldn't round up any support from anyone to go. Um, and then 94 came around. I said, stuff this, I'm going to the States. Anyone coming with me? And, uh, and everyone said, no. So, um, all right, well, I'm, I'm going to the States. And, and by this time, Colin Horn had left the team. Um, a few other regs had come in. Uh, Alex McLean was the captain um, in 93. I think I became captain in 94 um, of the regulators, which is a big thrill for me. And, yeah, um, yeah, and it's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to the, I'm going to the world cup. I didn't go to the world cup. I'm going to go to the world cup and I'm going to go to the international masters again. So I've got no plan at all. Um, I ring up Jerry Braun, the guy that uh, ran the world cup, really nice guy, uh, ex lawyer actually, but he's had a lot to do with the growth of, of international paintball. Uh, he, he, I don't know if he still does, but he had a field, he, he had a magazine, um, which is really exciting. And uh, just get on the phone and I say, hey, Jerry, it's Neil Mann from Australia, you don't know me. He says, yeah, yeah. I said, well, I'm coming to the States, I want to play World Cup. Are there any teams? He goes, oh, just, just come up and we'll, we'll come to the captain's meeting, we'll see what we can do. And, uh, and so this is obviously in 94, no one's really emailing. I think emails have just started, no one's got their phones and iPads and, and Facebook and all this. So I'm just going, okay, I'm going to go to the States. No plan at all. Um, yeah, so uh, found my way to, to Florida. So um, there I am in Florida with a rental car. Uh, I did have accommodation at Kissimmee, which uh, was where the World Cup was held. And um, all right, I'm going to go to this captain's meeting. So I rock up to the the captain's meeting, there's hundreds of people there. This, this is a big tournament. Yeah, there's, there's 150, 200 teams. Uh, it, it's big. And uh, there's, there's many buildings booked out for accommodation. It, Old Town is a big place that for accommodation. It's great. But, yeah, it's just a lot of people even at the captain's meeting. And, uh, and they're talking away, going blah, 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 blah. And I'm seeing some of the famous people that I've always idolised. You know, there's... Um, Bob Long's there, you've got Phil Gardner, just all the captains of the top teams. And uh, and I'm standing next to this, this big guy, no idea who he is. I said, okay, mate, I'm, I'm Neil from Australia. He goes, yeah, hi. And I said, oh, who are you with? He said, I'm with Eclipse. I said, okay, sorry, I've never heard of you. He said, well, I haven't heard of you either. I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> We're on the same page here. And, and then Jerry, Jerry and the organiser talking about, I didn't know what they were talking about. I turned to this guy and said, Mate, what are they talking about? He said, oh, the air systems. I said, what do you mean the air systems? And he said, well, is it nitrogen or, or compressed air? I said, what the hell are you talking about? So this is the year that compressed air came in. And, um, and I'm thinking, wow, I've got to find out more about this. And uh, anyway, I, I still didn't understand what they were talking about, but yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll find something out. And then I'm thinking, I'm looking around the room and I saw Jerry. I said, Jerry, hey, um, mate, I'm looking for a, a team room. And he goes, oh, yeah, this is Neil from Australia. Um, 
we've got another person. We've got Jimmy French from here. From he's Scottish, um, from Midlands, and uh, he's looking for a team. So you two hook up. They're like, oh, cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we need some more people. So we <laughs> we couldn't really find. And Jimmy goes, I think I can find some people. And like, oh, cool. <laughs> All right. So what, what are we doing? He goes, and and first game was 7 a.m. in the morning and it's dark then or something. It's really dark that time of year. But it was meet at 7, first game of the day. Anyway, it's like, okay, I'll see you tomorrow. Um, not thinking too much into it. So I go back to my room. I've got no paintball equipment. I've, I've got my goggles, and um, which were three years old, and, and some tiger stripes from, from Tim Schloss. And um, so anyway, I go to the field the next day. There's hundreds of people walking around in the dark. And I'm just thinking, how the hell am I going to find this Jimmy Frenchman? And somehow I found him. And I was like, oh, cool. You remember me from last night? He goes, yeah, 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 good. You're good to go. I said, well, I don't have a marker. He goes, okay, I'll even borrow one of mine. So I said, okay, here I am at the World Cup. Um, we were playing five-man amateur, this is. So it wasn't pro, but it was five-man amateur. And uh, next level down from pro. And, um, yeah, so I made a play at the International Masters. We got smashed. He goes, well, let's see how we go. I said, did you find some more players? He goes, yeah, I found another four, uh, which is good. We had Tom from Germany, and then we had three of the Bandai Bandits from England. Um, nice. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. Lee, Very international Jack, team. Yeah, Lee, Jack, and Paley, and Jack being Jack Wood. Um, yeah, and uh, and say, so, all right, we've got a team, and, and we're, <laughs> I've got this auto make. So we're coming from Australia with my big cricket bat KP3, um, a lot of weight. Markers had to be at least 75 centimetres in Queensland at that stage. And Jimmy's given me this little auto mag with a vertical drop bottle and no stock. So I'm, I've got pretty much a pistol. Yeah. So <laughs> this is what I've got. Anyway, we're... We, we go play our games. We're doing all right. We we dropped one in the prelims, and 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 you play about it, play about four prelims, then you go to the next level, then you play another four, then you go to the next level, and we're just making it through. And uh, yeah, dropped a couple of games away, but we're sneaking through. And we came across this team of clips, and they they smashed us. And uh, that was the team that beat us in the prelim, and we're just thinking, wow, you know, they're pretty good, and and they were really good. They were. They were on point. They were amazing. And um, anyway, we're, we're trudging along, and then we're in the in the finals, we're in the <laughs> in the quarterfinals, and then next thing you know, we're in the we're in the finals with four teams. It's us, Eclipse, and I forget the two other teams. Like, all right, we're this is our chance here. You know, we've, we've travelled a long way. We're at the World Cup. We're, we're playing five man. We're a throw together team. No one's given us any chance. And uh, and we're going for it, and um, and we won our first game. We won our second game. Eclipse dropped their first or second game, so we're ahead on points, and we're to play for first and second against Eclipse. And this is this is not race to whatever. This is you get one shot at it. So here we are at the World Cup, five man. And this is it. We're, we're playing. And then all of a sudden it, it's realised that um, all we have to do is get a centre flag grab and we've won. We, we don't need to win the game and just look at the points. And it's like, all right, so we'll send a couple of people down the middle. The rest of us will run around the sides, trying to attract attention, but still run down there and, uh, and we'll give it a crack. And uh, there it was, game on. We go for a run. Jack Wood got the flag. Uh, soon after that he got shot. Pretty much everyone's getting shot. I was the last on the field, but I got cleaned up. 
and uh, and so I walk off the field and and our guys we were called the firm and they're we're just ecstatic. I get off the field and like, how good is this? We're jumping up and down and team Eclipse they're thinking they've won because they didn't think about the points. They go, what? Why are you guys so happy? It's like we we won. We've won the world <laughs> cup five man amateur and we're a throw together team. And you should have seen that poor guys. They they such a good team and and their face had just dropped. And uh, but no, we're ecstatic. And and to be, to be honest, word got out and and it was a dream story of that that whole tournament. We went on. Jimmy and I played ten man as the firm, and we got some other people in. And the the Banzai Bandits went back to their team, and they played ten man. But um, no, we were the feel good story of the of the tournament, and and it's just amazing. And, and I got on the phone to Andrew Murphy at Top Gun, I rang him up and said. Mate, I've just won the five-man amateur <laughs> World Cup. He's going, no, you did. I said, I did, mate. And, and yeah, there's no internet then, so, so where do you get? Well, it's not instantly there, but, no, it did. And it's just, how good is this? And and um, I'm at the World Cup. I've, I've got a, we've got a trophy. I've got a medal. And uh, and now I'm playing 10-man. And it, it was just unreal. And and it just wiped away that feet from two years ago from from my memory that's not on my that's not what i'm known for now i'm known as, <laughs> as a five-man world cup winner and, and yep. it's just amazing and 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 not only that it wasn't just that i, I hung around because that was on a tuesday that was on a wednesday i think and the world cup goes for days and you just got days at this massive trade show and i'm just meeting people i'm meeting actually i met adam and bill gardner from from um from uh, Smart Parts. I actually met them in a, in a dead pit during one of the 10-man games because you, you're there with these other things. Because you, you rotate, you play the pros and the amateurs. Oh, yeah, um, okay. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so here I am with these people I've been reading about and their photos, and I'm chatting them about Australia in, in the dead box <laughs> because we shot them. And it's just, it's just fantastic. Um, and you go through the trade fair. I met, met Howie um, from Air America. Uh, I met... Marty Trites from Scott Goggles. He saw my goggles. We, we had Scott's um, goggles, the regulators, and he saw mine, and they, they were had two years worth of scratches in them. He goes, what are you doing? He just took them off and gave me a new set. It's just oh, nice. it amazing. <laughs> yeah, so um, so I bought I bought an Air America air system, and I actually brought that back for Andrew Murphy. That was the first air system in Australia. Um, got him an Evolution marker from Smart Parts, an autococker. Um so that, that was the first one in the country. Um, I'm, I'm just living the dream. I'm talking to people about Australia. Um, it's just amazing. And, and yeah, it's uh, honestly, it's, it's just a dream come true. The, the stars aligned. Yeah, it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, no, it's um, definitely something that, yeah, not many people can say that they've ever done with a throw-together team. It's... Um, mm. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. And <laughs> and and uh, I went back several times to welcome up, and it was still spoken about, and and referees still remembered it, and still spoke about. So, yeah, it's it's a story that's that's been good to tell. It's a bit old now; it's twenty six years old. But um, but the, the one thing that disappointed me, I was just thinking, how good would this have been if I was here with my team from Australia? And and I've always every. Every time I see a team come through in Australia, a good team, I just think, guys, go to the World Cup, have a crack. And it's it's just pains me to not watch um, Australian teams do that. I know STK, I, I think they did a series in, was it in Europe? Yeah, yeah, they, they yeah. did. Um, I think it was like Division One. yeah, in the 
whatever yeah. it is. Um, Mate, good on them. That, good yeah, that. that was That's awesome. Fantastic. Expendables did the same, didn't they? Yep, yep, and yeah. uh, and they won it too. The mate, it's just amazing. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, more more Australian teams go to the World Cup. It's just amazing, and and have a crack. You know, if, if I didn't have a crack, I wouldn't be here right now. Um, and and yeah, and and it, it's it's let me just say it's just the environment, the people you meet. You know, I, I then um yeah, I mean, at least there's so many stories from there from the people I met. And um and and yeah, coming back to Australia it was just fantastic. You know, I won a World Cup. How good's this? We can do this. And um and yeah, I, I hope it inspired a lot of people because the next few years uh, some Australian teams did go to the World Cup. I, I went back another four or five. I've lost I've lost counts, mate. I, I went, I've I've played four or five World Cups. Um, but yeah, and and not only that, from the World Cup, I then went to the International Masters. No success, but I was I was again on a throw a throw together team. I was actually with um, people from the industry. There was someone that had a barrel company. I was with Tim Sloss and Tiger Stripe. Um, one of the Ironmen was on the team. Yeah, I got them play with one of the Ironmen. Uh, heroes of mine. And, um, you know, people I've been reading about, there's one on my team. And, uh, and yeah, I'm at the International Master just living it up, having a great time. Um, yeah, what, what can I say? <laughs> yeah, I think I think you know it's it is that I think Aussies need to just hold themselves to a higher standard. We are we can do it. We yeah, I think more absolutely. like you say, more people just need to get over there and have a crack. No, absolutely. But I, I did learn from the first visit to the states and and many since. Um, I say since I haven't been since probably ninety seven or ninety eight. Um, yeah, it it going having a big trip it, it's one thing and and you've got to praise the wa new zealand teams that travel it's a big thing for them to do that but to go to america with a, a it's just completely different um yeah you learn a lot about your team uh you learn a lot about their commitment you um some people freak out i've, I've seen players from my teams i say teams because i played on several teams out there and from other teams, I've seen them just, just instantly bring cheating into their game because they've wanted to play so well at this, this international tournament so so much. And it's just like, that's not you. What are you doing? But, yeah, you, you learn about your team over there. Um, so, yeah, it's one thing. So, so if, if it, please, Australian team, at the World Cup and you, and you don't win, go back again. But you, you might need to work on your team. Might need to, you'll, you'll learn it. And your team, you'll know who's dedicated and who's up there for the for the challenge. So, um, but yeah, definitely do it. But um, but it's not only that. But I'll, I'll, I'll go back because the story just keeps getting better from from '94. So, yeah. so I leave the international masters, and I had plenty of good times off the field as well down there. Let me tell you. Um, and then I, I I go to to LA and. Um, and I um, end up at uh, Action APG at the um, Action Pursuit Games magazine, and I'm talking to the editor Randy Kamir. So th- this is a big magazine, the big international magazine back then. Yeah. And uh, yeah, because, yeah, I wanted to see everything. I wanted to see Carter Comp. He used to, um, they used to um, personalise markers and do a brilliant machining job on them. So I went there. I, but yeah, I went to APG. I met Randy Kamir, who who played for Navarone, who was the team of the 80s. Um, and he was, he was the uh, editor of APG. And um, and he said, you know what? 
I, I need someone for a photo shoot. You up for it? And so, yeah, I'll do that. So I put on my regs gear. You had to wear full mask. I used to play in, in just the goggles, but yeah, full mask. And uh, I've got my regs patch on. I've got my sponsors. I've got my my um, my tiger stripes. Wasn't tiger? Was it real tree? Anyway, I was made by tiger stripes. And um, and I've got my my badger, my parenti badger, the Australian marker. And uh, and next thing you know, in March of 1995, I'm on the cover of APG International. Oh, awesome! Do you still have a copy of that? There's a few copies floating around. Yeah, I think yeah. I think Nick's still got one. I've got one somewhere. But yeah, a bit of, that's a bit of a buzz to see an Australian on the cover of an international magazine. So, so yeah, mate, you gotta you gotta be in it to win it. Yeah, definitely. No, it's um, I, I know a lot of guys have done. Uh, obviously not winning, but guys have gone over by themselves. There's a few guys that have done that uh, recently and and jumped on teams. But um, how good yeah, is good. that? How good are they? That that's fantastic. Yeah, and well, it's good. I know the NXL in Australia, their grand prize is the yeah, the trip over as well. Right. So that's that's cool. We're getting to see more and more teams. I know Shitters and all that uh, won that a couple of years ago. So yeah, and that, and they have a great cool. time. But yeah, just keep going back, guys. We, come on, Australia needs to take it up. Yep, I think. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't think we're far off. We, you know, the level with all the Americans coming over here, the level of plays uh, gotten better and better over time. So I don't think no, we're, we're far off. Absolutely, but yeah, honestly, if 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 the team's up for it, um, go plan for two or three visits because the first one you'll learn about your team. Um. And if, if people aren't up for it, they'll drop off, but that's all right. You go to the next year, but also you'll acclimatise how, what it's like over there, what the scene's like, what the rules are. You, you just need that, just bang, bang, bang. I mean, I, I then went back in 95 again with uh, with the regulators. So there you go. I was captaining an Australian team in 95, and we went well. We went really well. We didn't win it, no, but we went really well. And and the guys got a lot out of that. And, uh, you know, they brought it back to Australia, and we... we Won a few tourneys in Australia, um, and that's where I get lost because it just rolls into one big World Cup for me. But yeah, went <laughs> went back another year because um, I eventually I left the regulators and vengeance started, the, the powerhouse vengeance. So um, yeah, back here in Australia, and, and there's a bit of story to that. Jeff Jeff Shura was quite instrumental in that. Um, yeah, I was there. We had. Uh, Joe Candle came over. Uh, also, that's when we had Barney, Michael Ray. He um, he was involved in the Browns Plains field in Brisbane. So uh, he used to play with uh, Black Rain and um, another power team, the Queensland team. I actually played a, a tournament with them, the Helensburg once. We had a win there. So, um, yeah, and, and we started Team Vengeance and we were training out of Barney's field out at Browns Plains. And um, and got a couple of young guys there. That's where Paul White came along. He was playing out there, and he wanted to get okay. the tourneys. He was playing for another team, and we snabbled him. So that, that was next step for him. And, um, and yeah, we vengeance went over the states again. Went really well. To, to be honest, our, our B, our five man team, the B team, they went better than our A team. They said <laughs> good on them. Um, I wasn't on the B team. I was on the A team. They said good on them B team. Um, but yeah, ten man team went really well, and uh, and yeah, it's a couple of guys actually stayed over there and worked for a while. But um, but yeah, no, that that was good. So um, 
yeah, and then I went back again. Saints went one year, the New Zealand Saints. That's another team that, you know, they, they did so much traveling to support the sport years ago. Um, they went over there and I, I stayed with them and played with them. And uh, I stayed in their cupboard, actually. There was a, <laughs> a, a cupboard and I slept on a baby cot mattress on the floor. So that was that was a bit fun. But at this stage, I mean, we back then we talked about the lack of communication, trust. I mean, Amon Johnson, who played for um, the Saints, he, he was flying, I think he flew into Miami, which is about a four-hour drive from the tournament. And uh, we just organised. So he's from New Zealand, I'm from Australia. And we just organised for me to pick him up from Miami Airport four hours away from the way the tournament. And, and it worked. So, yeah, just these little things are just great. And, and yeah, good memories and good times. Yeah, no, it's uh, it definitely sounds like you've had a very interesting uh, past, calivanting around the world. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I played every tournament I could in Australia, um, played for many teams. Um, he had played, I mentioned Black Crane. I also played a game with um, Rattle and Hum. I played a finals only with uh, Top Hat Jokers at the South Packs. Um, I played, I guess it's a SWAT in the mid 90s. Went to uh, San Diego with SWAT, which was great. And, uh, and I had that experience from the World Cup, had those connections. So I, I listened to, to the podcast with Nick, and he mentioned. Um, uh, that I'd org- helped organise the air systems and also the smart mags and uh, and uh, he also mentioned Realtree, so that was that was also a connection with uh, Tiger Stripe. So um, yeah, I mean it was great for those guys to help out um, SWAT, and I had a great time playing with SWAT over there. That was that was a lot of fun, and and also that led to a lot of things. Um, I know that the guy, I think the guys went to do a tour of the JT factory, but I had, um, I had Marty, my, Marty tried, I'd say my mate, I'd met him a couple of times. He, he, he found out where I was, rings me up and he says, hey, you're in town then. Do you want to, um, do you want to come with, to, to Mexico? And I mean, yeah, what are we doing out there? He said, oh, Aftershock's going to come down there because it Scott sponsored um, Aftershock. And so here's a powerhouse team of the 90s. Yeah, this, this is, they won, they won the 94, 95 World Cup, I think. And I'm thinking, yeah, come and get me. So, um, so Marty tried to, a lot of people don't know this, but he was also a, a world motocross champion. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, and he picks me up in, in a Cadillac. So here I am with a, a former world motocross champion, driving me in a Cadillac. So about two hours south of, of Mexico, and in two vans behind us is Team Aftershock, They're the best team, one of the power teams, if not the best team at the time. And uh, and we're going to Marty. Marty had some Mexican heritage, and and he takes us to this um, this restaurant. Um, there's no one else there. We've got the top floor, and we're overlooking the ocean. We're eating lobster. So here I am sitting at the table with Aftershock and I'm with Marty Tribes, the former motocross champion, and I'm eating lobster. I'm just, how cool is this? Yeah. Oh, the, the, the places paintball can take you if only you are, yeah, if only you get out and, and, and be a part of it. Got to put yourself out there. Got to put yourself out there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, that was great. And uh, and then, we, yeah, we played the, the, the San Diego tournament. But, um, yeah, no, the... The, the, the overseas trips, they've, um, I've had a couple of, I had a couple of offers to, to for employment over there in, in the paintball industry. That that was a bit of a thrill, but I, 
Yeah, I, I probably back down to that. Do I regret it? No, but it's nice to know that um, there was opportunities there. there. There were opportunities on some really good teams over there, um, at least to be in the in the feeder system. And um, and yeah, even at one tournament, and I won't name the tournament or the team, but um, I had a professional team that was down a player, and and they came, or one of the players came to me and said, "Hey Neil, come play with us." So I guess that that, that was my dream to guest on a, an American top pro team, but I, I did decline because I, I was over there with another team that uh, I committed to. So, yeah, it's something I've, I've sort of kept to myself, but, yeah, it's, it's nice to know that I had the opportunity. But, yeah, yeah. that would have been a thrill. Yeah, well, it's, I think it shows a lot about you as well, you know, sticking to the team that you, you're committed to, to playing with. Yeah, no, that was very important. And, and yeah, the, the team I was there with, they... <laughs> I probably encouraged them to go, um, and yeah. Um, and and yeah, they they needed a bit of guidance with my few tournament um, few tournaments experience over there. So, so that would, that would have been really bad if I did that. Yeah, commitment to other people is really important in the sport, and um, yeah, and and yeah, a good team. So no regrets. Yeah, it is a, a smaller pool of players that we sort of have in paintball. So it's you burn you burn bridges and. Uh, yeah, the, he, everyone sort of knows about it. It's hard to hard yeah. to get away doing things like that in the sport. Yeah. Uh, to, to be honest, anyone on the team I was on would have been jealous to get that offer. But yeah, no, I made the right like, choice. But yeah, it's nice to know. But yeah, I mean, once again, put yourselves out there, guys, and you might get a get a job offer in the states. So that's where you want to go. Um, yeah, give it a crack. Yeah. Well. Hopefully, uh, you've inspired some other people to get out there and, and get over to the state. So, so what's uh, what's the current uh, plans for for you? What are you up to these days? <laughs> Me, um, all right. So, it, in the in the well, I guess late eighties. It was one year, but yeah, late eighties, early nineties. I, I was just focused on paintball. It was my it was my life. Um, yeah, it, it was everything to me. Um, as I got older, work became very important. Um, I got to thank Paintball because I've, I've been married for three years, but what, met my lovely wife um, 20 years ago. So Paintball, <laughs> sorry, 19 years ago. Yeah, so Paintball gave me that. Um, yeah, not many people can say they've, they've married someone they've met through Paintball, which is yeah. so. So Paintball's been good to me. Uh, what I'm up to now, I, I, I'm not that focused on paintball. I wish I was, um, but no, I'm still still playing. I, I, last few years, I, I did drop away from the sport after I, I did play for for SWAT, as you know, uh, in the yeah. I guess early to mid 2000s. That that was good, to really good times. Um, but yeah, I I then left. I was probably getting long in the tooth. Uh, it's a bit hard to train and expensive to train in Sydney. Um, and uh, but no, I played on other teams, team no train and so forth. But uh, yeah, when 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 sideline coaching came in, that I, I didn't agree with that at all. And I thought I thought it it took the sport backwards. I think it uh, it numbed creativity. Um, and uh, yeah, I was a bit disappointed. In me, I thought, well, yeah, why, why should I be going to these tournaments? Just putting in a big effort making a great move just to have someone point me out where I've gone on the field. And yeah. uh, I'm, I'm no, not the, there. I'm, I'm not the most skilled player in, in the, in the world by a long shot. Um, but yeah, I, I 
probably been a bit better in the head um, for, for the where to go and when to go. That's probably been um, one of my assets over the years. And, uh, but yeah, that just took that away. So yeah, I just stepped back a bit and, you know, team no train faded away, TNT. Um, but yeah. no, I played a few other, few other Donnies in, in Brisbane since, but not many, no more than two a year. And, uh, and yeah, um, Mungers. So yeah. we've been playing with, with Mungers in Brisbane locally last couple of years. And uh, at, at our, at our Christmas get together, I said, oh, well, I want to play a Super Sevens next year. And um, and then next thing you know, we're, we've been accepted for the, the full series, which is more than what I was. <laughs> I just wanted to play one, to be honest. But um, and but no, it's great. Okay, let's play the series. But um, it was it was pretty soon for us. Uh, we we had a couple of new players that hadn't played sevens for, and sevens is a different level in Australia, no doubt about it. If if it wasn't for the the sevens over the years, paintball in Australia would not be at that skill level that the players are at now. Um, you know, the the tournaments, there's still be tournaments around, but be tranched around the country and there wouldn't be that collective and you wouldn't have all the Americans coming over. So it's so a big credit to, to Mick, John. You know, John's been a great supporter of, of Mick there. Um, <laughs> you got to say Liz Wybery putting up with Mick's passion for <laughs> the paintball. And Bill Stark, he, he helped out there at some stage. So, and I'll, I'll come back to the mangas later on, but um, Mick deserves a lot of credit for Australian paintball, without a doubt. And, uh, and yeah, so I, I don't think the guys out there, guys and girls who play these days, can't thank him enough. Um, they should, because I can tell you now, I, I saw the things he was doing years ago, um, you know, supporting the the series that went around the country, like Perry Park in Brisbane, which is probably the best tournament uh, that the country's ever seen, playing at the stadium, the, the soccer stadium where the Brisbane soccer team uh, was based, um, put that together, the Adelaide tournament, and, and just things like that. If it wasn't for his passion and other people following, um, yeah, paintball wouldn't be where it, where it is today. Yeah, but, um, that's, I know that about Mike. It was, it was only just recently I saw him just – uh, we're at like a bushball day or something like that, and just he was just shooting a gun and just giggling away and having, and you yeah. can just tell that he still has that. He just loves paintball, Mike. That's yeah. just yeah, deep down, yeah. that's that's all it is. <laughs> no, absolutely, and 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 yeah, him, not just him, other people over the years have been just great supporters of me and and so accommodating. If if there's a mechanical tournament in Sydney, it, even if it's not there, if I'm in Sydney and he knows I'm down there, he, he offers me to stay at his place. And I do stay at his place for the mechanical tournaments. And, um, you know, there's been so many other people over the years, people in America that put me up. Randy Kamir, the editor of APG, he put me up in his house um, that he wasn't even living in yet. He just renovated it. And I'm, I'm there on my own. And, and these <laughs> people are doing things for me. And, and yeah, I, I can't thank them enough. If it wasn't for them, it'd, to, that it's just taking my experience to the next level and it's just amazing. But yeah, no, um, again, full, full credit to me and other people, other field owners around the country. I spoke about Top Gun but, and Skirmish down the Gold Coast, but also Sanford's had some great tourneys. You know, Steve and Terry for when they had Yarramundi, yeah, that was that was a great thing. The Cargus brothers out Heartbreak Ridge. I've, I've played in WA. I've played in South Australia, played in Victoria, I've played all over the country, and, and all these field owners, they all contribute and, and they've all been a big part of, of how Australia is. So, um, yeah, 
Good on him. Yeah, no, definitely. I've, I've probably said it every show, but yeah, it's yeah, massive. Any anyone that puts it out there and and owns a field, it's yeah, w- w- yeah. In this country, we can't play without paintball fields. So, Mate, it, yeah. Honestly, who 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 do it? All the laws and that. It's such an effort. And um, and I remember I, I wasn't there when Andrew and, and Colin started Top Gun, but yeah, they Andrew sold his car to pay for it, and um, I know what the third partner. Sorry, I've forgotten his name, but. He had a VW and they were doing burnouts in the in this thick bush just to clear the land. And <laughs> the, the things people have done over the years, it's just and and even at Brown's Plains Field, I've got to tell you a, a story. Alan Mills, who played for four or ten years ago, and he captained it. He um, I was at his house and it would have been in '93 or something, and uh, we're out the back of his house in a shed, and he's saying, "I really want to own a paintball field. I just can't find the location." And I feel so sorry for the guy because in the next year or two, there was a field on that property and it wasn't him. <laughs> it was a different owner. So um, yeah, I feel so sorry for him. But, hey, you know, it, yeah, there, there's some funny stories in the, in this, in the sport. Oh, yeah. There's, uh, it's, it's, but it, it is, like like you say, with, with the things that have happened in the past and it's sort of why I want to have the, the show. Like, it, paintball's pretty easy now to get into in the country and um you know the, there is big tournaments all around and the guns are si- simple it's easier to buy everything it just yeah just the amount of effort that used to go into to what you guys would have had to do just to just to turn up and and have a game against somebody else it's uh yeah yeah and we don't and know how easy and it, yeah, there was no big but the war museum had that had pretty good shop for equipment but still and danny cumming mentioned it in his podcast that yeah, what the, how you tricked up your mark, you polished your barrel. And you did. You you get your, your brass barrel honed, but you'd also work on your trigger. I remember the old Sheridan KP2s, they did what they called posi feed. Mick spoke about how you tilt the marker back and the KP1s and the ball rolls in. Yeah. Well, the posi feed was a spring, so it reduced the number of balls you could hold, but it positively fed the ball into the marker. <laughs> but, you know, auto mag, auto cockers, you'd work on the triggers, you'd, you'd you'd grind this down you'd file that you'd do all these little tricks and yeah no, that's been we, we talked about the fire extinguisher bottle <laughs> 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 or whatever it was that was interesting but yeah no, all interesting but no mate I've, I've had a great time with, with australian paintball i've played with many teams formed a lot of teams i've had my own little team jerks of attention pop up every now and then i saw a photo not not long ago and, and you know it was Tolson my good friend Tolson myself we had um James Grundy we had Gibb from from Canada we had Yowie in that and and Dutchie Paul, De- Paul Birch and uh yeah it just makes me laugh we had such a good time playing down at um well well down at um Mixfield and uh yeah, yeah just good times yeah well this uh this next question is something that you could uh, help me out with, but you know, knowing so many people in the industry, it's probably a hard one for you to answer. So yeah, was there anyone you could recommend to be on the show to interview? There, there is Scott, um, <laughs> and his name is Scott Martin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, awesome. Interview otherwise myself. Known as, otherwise known as Box Boy. Uh, should yeah. we talk about how you got that name? Do you remember that? Oh, I, yeah, I just. Uh, was explaining it to my wife the other day when I told her I was having the interview with her. So yeah, why why don't we tell everyone why I'm called Boxway? <laughs> how, how do you recall it? 
<laughs> well, it was when I was working at when I was working at uh, Action before I could play, and mm. so I used to have to play, uh, work all the events, and that now, was my on. job. Was... You, you weren't really working because well, you were with your hands, but you're always watching the games. Oh I yeah. Remember watching. You're always just fascinated with the sport. But no, you go on. You're right. Yeah, okay. and that was my job was breaking down the boxes that the tournament players would leave in the bins. <laughs> And I was I was good at it. <laughs> uh, except you got challenged one day and beaten. Yeah, I know. Uh, shitters. Yeah. yeah, we had a shitters, we had a box he, off. <laughs> he, he smashed you, and I was involved as well. But uh, I sort of illegally took you out from the race. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. I hope it doesn't still hurt. Anyway, <laughs> but no, hey Scott, you, honestly, you'd be a great great person to interview. You've done a lot for the sport. Um, you've been a great player and uh, yeah, you've, you've been around and, and seen it all and, and what you see from up in the commentary box for the, the live streaming, I, I think you'd be great. But um, look, if you're, if you're going to be gutless and, and not do it, I can definitely recommend. <laughs> and, and to me, I don't know many people of, of these days. Um, as I said, I'm just getting back into it with, with Mungers really for the seven. So, so we've got a lot of work there to do. Some of the old hands like Shitters, myself and Pete Martin, we, we, we need to be a bit better. Um, we need to get the new guys up. We need to be working the same. But we know what we need to, to work on. Um, we, we have a bit more prep for the next round, whenever that is. But, um, yeah, um, Alex Orr would be one that comes to hand. Uh, he's um, for, for the podcast. You know, he, uh, he came in a spot when I was leaving. And, he, uh, yeah, he, he's accomplished so much and, and seen a lot. Um, he'd be great. Um, someone that also that goes back a fair bit, but also doesn't play the, the, the tournaments. He plays the mechanical. It doesn't play the, the sevens anymore, but he's definitely got a key eye on it. That's Russell Kiefer. He'd be good. And uh, if, if you want if you want someone in with a lot of passion, that would be Rookie. I think you get some really good stories yeah. from Rookie, but but you need more than one hour for your podcast. And, uh, and, and a, a good friend of mine would also be John Hodges. He'd be a great person to, yep. to get on the podcast. Yeah. I, I played Without my first, first event with Hodjo. So did you? Um, yeah. Yep. Uh, 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 yeah. I learned a lot Legend. from him. Legend. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I played New Zealand with, uh, with Firestorm and, and Hodges was there and uh, yeah, I, I the guys are the legend, but yeah, I've played with a lot of people. They're all legends. I've got the, the guys over in WA, Adam McPherson, who played on SWAT with me. You know, I, I, yep. I love him and his family, and, and Kimfo over there. And you got to be Sammy and, and all that over WA. And um, yeah, I mean, I could I could mention heaps of people, but I, as I said at the start, I hope I don't miss anyone out because yeah, I mean, all, all the all the Firestorm boys, they were fun, great to hang out with. Um, yeah, I mentioned the top hat jokers before. They were great. All of the New Zealand Saints, I don't know what, but whatever team I was on, we always got on really well with the Saints. Um, yeah, mate, there's, there's a lot of people out there that would be great for a podcast. Yeah, no, we're slowly, as the episodes roll on, we're slowly uh, uncovering more and more. And uh, yeah, it's only doing it once a week. We'll, I'll eventually get through everyone and we'll, we'll find all these stories out. So it's all good. If you miss someone, it's fine. Yeah. But again, mate, um, I'd be quite happy to interview you for your podcast. Yeah, no worries. Well, maybe we can tee that up sometime. <laughs> Let's see you that, buddy. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Well, while I've got you here, before before you go, I did. You know, I wanted to. I was thinking about this as the weeks were rolling on, coming up to this episode. That yeah, I just wanted to say a massive thanks to you because you were someone that in yeah, you were a massive uh, you know help 
getting me on on SWAT and I remember you were the first person that sort of pulled me aside and said that uh you know you saw a bit of promise in me and and uh and that in the early days it gave me a lot of confidence and yeah it helped me you know someone such as yourself saying that so they they saw me playing well and yeah it was uh it was a good thing so thank you very much for everything you've done for me Mate, you, you, you earned that. You got yourself that level to be noticed. So, and I remember we played a tiny over in, in Perth. Remember that? that was, <laughs> I don't oh, remember much of it, but yeah. it was fun. <laughs> yeah, it was for uh, uh, Indecent Assault. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Or Perth yeah. Assault, sorry. Yeah. Mate, you've achieved what you have in paintball because of, of what you've done. And, and if I had a part in... I know speeding speeding something up. I don't know, but um, hey, I, I need I need you to help me in the in the future now. Now that I'm I'm playing sevens again, I I need help with my balance and my reflexes and my speed. So yeah, I might come and get some tips off you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm a bit out of touch, but hey, I need to work on that. <laughs> no, awesome. Well, yeah. well, thanks a lot, Neil, and uh, th- yeah, thanks so much for giving up your time and. Yeah, hopefully with COVID lifting slowly, we will see the Super 7 starting again and see the Mungers yeah. back out there. That'd be great. I'm looking forward to it. I really am. And um, watch out, everyone, for the Mungers. All your pro teams, we're coming for you. Yeah. Oh, it's good to see. All right. All right. Thanks, thanks Neil. Good on you, well, mate. I'll speak to you soon. All right. Bye. That is a wrap on another episode of Down Under Paintball. Thank you, Neil, for sitting down and spending the time with us and telling his story about the amazing World Cup win. I said at the top of the show, but I think Neil just has the best outlook on Aussie paintball. You know, you think to Neil being this 20-year-old kid and just putting everything on the line every minute he has devoted to paintball and spending all that cash flying over to America, even when the rest of his team didn't want to go. I think it's just such a cool thing, a cool outlook to do. And, you know, things have gotten cheaper. The world's a smaller place now. And I just think that there's so many Aussies in similar situations. The people that are really at the top of the game at the moment just have that drive. You know, they're the guys that want to get out there. They're the guys that just think and breathe. And all they want to do is play paintball. And I think that there's so many people out there that could probably take something away from this episode. So I think this is one that if you heard it and you, you had a bit of inspiration, it might be something to share around to to one of your teammates or one of your buddies uh, let them know that you know this guy was doing this in the 90s there's nothing stopping the next wave of Aussies to start traveling over to America and and really pushing I think it's just such a strong message that Neil Neil sends out and hopefully this episode has inspired you and you know get get someone out there I know Neil as well yeah he wanted to put all the rumors to bed and he sort of said he was he's sick of telling the story uh you know 27 years ago that he did it and um yeah he's just <laughs> he's had enough questions so the same if anyone ever asked you about neil maybe you can just send them this way on on the episode of the podcast so thank you once again so thank you once again everyone for dropping in we're going to see some changes happening with the podcast some different ideas flowing still and i hope you guys still enjoy still tune in and and if you have any feedback, don't forget to share it with me. Just uh, hit me up on Facebook to search out the show or Scott Martin. And that's it for another show. See you next week.